0: I think I will. Thank you so much. You're a good man. <laughs> um it's my fourth time in in Australia and I think it just feels so special. It's um it's my second home. And um I've always enjoyed being here. Actually this time I don't know why I feel like I have so much to to say. But I now just try to keep time. And also, yeah, I don't know what it really means. It seems like I'll try to talk as much as I can. As, because God has put something on my heart for you. But I want to thank you for being part of us. And us being part of you. You've been a blessing, praying for us and supporting as you uh, you would probably see a little bit of a clip at some point what we have done together with you, and I believe we all win it 's not just about us really it's like you have been a part of us without you we wouldn't necessarily do all that we've done so we've had um we've been growing slowly, but I think in the recent years things have been happening, so that means like we're in the right direction. I really believe we 're in the right direction we're doing the right thing. Um, we started real very small with just a few children in the home. And the number grew up. And then we realized we needed to take them through school, obviously. And um, so we had to set up a school, a primary school. Because they used to sit under trees. So we decided to take on the responsibility of building structures so they can sit in, this, in the classroom, in a building. So you helped us to do that. So we've been growing together. And now we have the secondary school and um the vocational school is expanding, is growing, as she mentioned. Now we have motor vehicle mechanics, we have carpentry, we have hairdressing, we have tailoring, we have um um what else? You know. Yeah. Those those are the major things that are happening and it's growing as well it's also uh, becoming a blessing because we're seeing some of our children taking on the trade and actually doing some business some of them have started uh, doing tailoring businesses some of them are doing carpentry businesses and others are now running actually some of the businesses we've set up like rice milling and maize milling Uh, so that's like part of actual bushfire we didn't mention that but (coughs) It's one of the things we were doing just to get all these growing kids in so that they can also have an income. And so they're learning business, but at the same time running it. And we have some of our children who have gone a little bit higher and have done some training in teaching. So we've got almost like five of them who are back at bushfire after the training, and they're actually doing the teaching. You'll see them in the clip at some point and then um, we we see some of them in the office now they're doing helping in accounting or bookkeeping so it's a joy it's like that's a success story because i think they have moved away from just being little children being looked after to being able to support their siblings so it's such a wonderful it's really hard to express my gratitude to you for what you've done and what the Lord has used you to do. So you are doing a good thing. So let's keep doing it because it's a good thing. You know, it's like um, we have good stories about it. We can, you know, there's so much more you do that you have no idea about. Because I think if we tell you, you probably don't get everything. But I think we'll encourage you to visit too. If you can't visit, you can, and there's so much more that you can get involved in. Some of you have some bit of skills in carpentry or motor vehicle or mechanics and tailoring or um, hairdressing, you know, it's like it's you can help out, you can, you know, help somebody to really find a future. So we are grateful and thank you, Pastor and Maggie, please. We're so grateful for your support and the team that have been coming out, please, Come again and again, and we still love to see you over there, and the support you give us is just priceless. Yes, let me me share what the Lord has put in my heart. I think that's the most important thing to me at the moment. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you're here with us today. Your presence is here. And I thank you, Father, for the presence of the Holy Spirit. I respect him, Lord. And I call on him to teach and to help us. We desire to hear him speak to us. We do not know how to go about with life, and we need you every day. And even now, Lord, that you just empower each one of us. And fill us, Lord, with your presence. Fill us with your understanding and revelation. That as I share as your vessel, I desire not to share my feelings, Lord. I desire not to, to speak my emotions. But Father, I just want your spirit to use me and use my tongue. Use my mind too, and use my heart to speak and to bring this word to the fellowship today. Father, I thank you for this place and I ask you, Lord, that you bless each one of us today. That we shall have um, a good fellowship and communion with you, as we share your word. Your word is life to us, and we give you praise for such a special gift. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. So, um, the thing I felt on my on my heart was walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. And he was—he gave me some scriptures that I'll be sharing with you, so we shall be able to read. Can can I have my phone? My phone, please. Uh, that's yours. <laughs> Thank you. Um, let's get the book of um, the book of Galatians, book of Galatians, chapter five. Walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. The book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 15. I read 15 up to 18. I'll start from 16. Let's start from 16. I say then, walk in the spirit. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit. And the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to to one another. So that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Walk in the spirit. And I think that's what life we are meant to, to live, a life that you can't, you can't do anything different. You have to do it just the way the Bible says, walk in the Spirit, which I think the church today or people today don't necessarily take very seriously. And I believe it's one of the challenges we have as a church because when we gather together, we are learning about how we can walk, we're in a strange world. We never made, as I normally say, we, don't, we didn't make a choice to be here. And neither can you make a choice when to go. Yeah, you can commit suicide, but you don't know when you'll do it. But please don't, because then you go to hell. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's strange that we know it very well that God brought us on earth for a reason, for his glory, and that will serve him and would live happily in his presence but of course being on earth and where we seem to be living in two realms we know that the enemy exists and god exists and sometimes we listen to both and sometimes we listen to one but yet we are supposed to make a choice because everybody has that instinct i think they had that kind of feeling or belief that they are supposed to be happy. That's why we work so hard. That's why we try everything just to be happy. But I think our happiness can only come as a result of following what God is saying. We can only serve, we can walk on earth, we can live on earth by just making sure that the way he told us to do it, we must do it. We must obey God and obey his word. And if he tells us to walk in the Spirit, you can't do anything less than that. You have to do it. Because the flesh doesn't profit anybody. The flesh of a slave, knows about it. It seems like we all know the truth. We know everything. We know what we're supposed to be doing. But we don't do it. I you know we know if we live by the Spirit, our lives will be really very much fulfilled. But if we live by the flesh, it won't. We will be so unhappy. The pastor was talking about being grumpy. People be grumpy. But you know what? That's one of the things like you can live such a grumpy life. It doesn't matter whether you're old or young. But you can be so grumpy because like the spirit is the only one that gives life. The spirit of God will give us life. It will give us the joy. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. So it's like we're excited about even doing things or being able to bless one another serving him either in the church or in other ministries or maybe in businesses or whatever even in families the way we live we're supposed to be just kind of flowing with that sort of river of life in us which is a gift from god i mean for everybody because if we're the children of god i mean if you just wonder why sometimes you don't necessarily ask the most important questions. It's like, why am I here? And I mean, like, we're not here by mistake, but we're here because God wanted us to be here on earth and we are his children. We are a family. One family. It doesn't matter. You know, I look different. And you look different too. You, you know, sometimes it's very funny because um, if I walked into a home like in some of the parts of Australia, somebody will be scared of me. It's like this guy looks different. But if you did that in my country, they'll be scared of you too, because they don't. But we are a family, and I think the reason uh, we're here is just because God is just the God of diversity. He's, he He loves He loves color. He loves different things. That's why you have different flowers, different plants, and everything. But talking about living the life of the Spirit is where we find our full identity. If we live in the flesh, the flesh is easily corrupted. And that's why we can hate each other, we can dislike each other, because it's all in the flesh. And there's no life in there. And I think when we, uh, we come to Christ, when we become Christians, we die to those feelings, we die to those kind of experiences that, dem- that seem to be a demand from the flesh, the way the flesh wants to live because it wants to do what they want. I mean, the flesh wants to do what it wants. But the Spirit of God will always want to do what God wants. And that will bring you fulfillment and me. It will bring joy and it will bring harmony. It will bring, I mean, we grow into one family because today, even in the home, It's very funny that you can find husband and wife and they just don't get along each other well. But why? It's just because at some point they slip back into living into flesh. They start to get, go at each other. I mean like life is so hard for some families. It's like they don't know. They don't understand each other. And they Pointing fingers to one another, they start, you know, shouting at one another. They belittle one another. They just, you know, they they, everybody is wrong. (laughs) The other person is always wrong, and we are right. You know that kind of feeling. So we begin, but that's what flesh does. Flesh. There's nothing really good in flesh. For me to live with my wife. Now we've been married now twenty-two years, and I think you know it hasn't always been. You know, a bed of roses, obviously. It's like there are moments when we really don't seem to understand each other. Even after all those 22 years, it's like, what is going on? Who, what's, growing, what's wrong with us? <laughs> because it's all about the flesh we live in. It's, we still struggle because it keeps coming up. It keeps coming up, but we don't. Live, we don't need to live in that. We can still walk away from it. We can still speak the old man or the old woman. and Say, "Hey, that's not who I am. I'm now born again. I mean, I live in Christ. I live in the Spirit of God. I'm a spirit now because the flesh is dead, and I can easily distinct. I mean, tell the difference between what is coming from the flesh and what is coming from the Spirit by the fact that if I if I'm being nasty. Somebody will obviously know that I'm being in the flesh. I'm just acting from the flesh. If, some, if I'm kind of arguing with people, they will definitely know. But, you know, sometimes we even know that we are actually being nasty and we still keep doing it. It doesn't help. I mean, like, we are not supposed to be nasty at any point. We're not supposed to be arguing at any point. I mean, if you're in the spirit, Jesus doesn't do that. The spirit of God doesn't argue with anybody because the spirit of God is a spirit of, it's gentle. He's, um, he's supposed, to, I mean, he's so gentle to the extent that at any one point, even when you begin to argue with anybody, he will quickly say, you're not supposed to be doing that. But, you know, it's the, it's, God has already ordained you and me to be able to walk in this, to walk in the spirit, to walk according to the word of God and make sure we don't live outside the spirit of God what i call living outside the boundaries of grace because where the spirit of god is is liberty but outside of that that's when we begin to see our differences that's when we don't see each other as brothers and sisters we don't see we don't recognize each other we don't respect each other the way we should we've gone out we've gone beyond the boundaries of grace because there has to be liberty. There has to be a joy. There has to be um, a way we can respect each other and live a life of joy. That even in the midst of a crisis, that's the time when we even come together. We get stronger in times of crisis. It's interesting that the children of God or people who are, people who are in the church today, When um, I mean, that's, we're supposed to identify with one another. You know, as it were, humans will only identify with you because you are happy. And we have a saying in my language that people only love those who have something. You know, it's like if you have something special that the other person wants, then they will love you. But if they don't, if you don't, then they will not love you. But of course, even in the Bible, the Bible says, you know, those who have will be given more. (laughs) But the fact is, when we live by the Spirit of God, we are in constant fellowship with our Father. But when you walk outside of that life, you will then become vulnerable. And when you become vulnerable, the enemy takes advantage of your life. I mean, he wants you grumpy. He wants you unhappy. He wants you mad. He wants you bitter. I mean, he just wants to mess you up. And, you know, no wonder some people think it's a personality, you know, it's like this is my personality, but somebody said personality is bound to change. If you have a certain kind of personality that's not really good and it's nasty, it doesn't seem to please anybody, you don't have to live by that because it could be a very serious problem and you just need a healing or a deliverance. You may be suffering, I mean, go experiencing or behaving in such a way just because. You don't realize that the life in the spirit is gentleness, it's peace, it's love, it's joy, it's harmony. And you, 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 you cannot get mad. Because when you get mad, obviously, you can tell that you are messed up by the way you're thinking at the time. Because you're mad and the way you behave, some people can be kicking some people want to fight. Some people want to speak up. They want to shout at you. They want to shout you down. But that's because they are living in a different realm. And they don't need to do that. I believe we can be so victorious by walking in the Spirit and be victorious in life and enjoy the gift that God has given us, the gift of life. I mean, that's what it's supposed to be. That's the way to go by being able to walk in the Spirit. And then you don't fulfill because the lust of the flesh, the Bible says, is, is something that almost craves for things. They crave for things. But yet, in the life of the Spirit, we're supposed to be actually giving, not craving, that we receive. The Bible says that we, it's more blessed to give than to receive. But then, the flesh wants to receive. And it wants to do the opposite. It doesn't do what God tells it to do. I mean, we were all meant to be givers, people who can be a blessing to the other person. And it doesn't matter what the other person you're giving, whether they receive it or not. As we all know that you know, loving people is not just because they love us. We love even those who hate us because that's what the Bible tells us. So, and that's the only way. The only way you can do that is by living in the Spirit. You can only love your enemy or people who are not really good to you. People who are mean to you, you can only love them if you are walking in the Spirit. And I think over the years, I've been in the ministry for now 29 years. And my experience with people, even in the church, is people can't be mean in the church. They can really be mean. And just because I seem to have lived more in the church, I've seen this in the church. That people can be so mean. And it's so hard to handle situations where a person in the church doesn't like you. It's harder than when you find somebody outside the church. It's just like the same way how hard it is if your wife tells you something that seems to be upsetting you. If somebody else said it outside, you probably won't be as upset as your wife or your husband. Husband and wife know what I'm talking about. It's like it's just so painful. It's like you don't expect that to come from your spouse. It's like, did you really say that? Did you really mean it? So it's like it's not something that you can get in so easily. So because it happens in the church, I believe God is showing each one of us that we live in a world where we're supposed to show, I mean, we are different. Darkness cannot mix with light. And whether we like it or not, as long as we're still on earth, there's still darkness around us. But then it doesn't necessarily mean that we should identify with it and walk with it and allow it to kind of take over our lives and guide our lives. We want to be happy in the church, in our families. We want to have less of growling or brawling or arguing or fighting and hating and forgiveness because even our unforgiveness that's like well, that's what the flesh demands because i've seen uh, you know when it comes to unforgiveness that's something that really is more in your flesh or our flesh because the flesh wants the other person perhaps to show you respect and we all long for that and that's what the world is craving for and that's what the enemy will manipulate more if you really want to be the person on the receiving end, you want to be blessed, you want to be given, you want to, you know, to be talked to nicely, you know, to be respected in a certain way, you will be frustrated and you will be hurt. Why? Because if he said it's more blessed to give than to receive, if you're expecting to receive, in most cases, if you don't receive all that you want and the flesh will get mad, And then it messes your whole life because it kind of filters through. It's like it's now just one thing leads to another. You become angry. You become a little bit upset because somebody has said something or hasn't done what is right. And that seems to filter through your whole system. And like you get mad. You are angry. The whole body, the heartbeats get faster because you're so angry. Now Like the whole system is just mad. But yet, when you receive something of the Spirit, it affects you the same way that it affects the whole body. You'll be full of joy. You'll be full of forgiveness. You'll be full of love. You'll be reaching out to people. And I think you'll be on a giving end. Pastor talked about the giving. I mean, like, you are on a giving end. Today, I mean like I'm here, uh, uh, to be honest, I, my being here, I, I, I have all the confidence that I can be a blessing to you, that I can speak into your life because of the experience I've had in my walk with Christ. And we all have testimonies, but it's my testimony that I believe when God changes your life, you can be a blessing to people. And you think about giving, you think about how you can reach out to a person with the love of Christ, with the hope in christ and it's It's marvelous it's because, like then, I know I have something to give because it it's not that I'm a lesser in any way, but I can be a blessing to the whole world to the, to nations around the world, you know it's like I come here, and I know it's like we're partners in this. I wouldn't like to be like, oh, poor me. I'm just here. It's like I need help. No, I think it's a two-way thing. It's like we come because we, it's a two-way. Uh, the church relationship or our family relationship in the church is a two-way. You, you do your part. I do mine. And you know what? Everybody wins because there's nobody who is at the top. But at the end of the day, we're sharing what Christ has gotten in us. What we have that Christ has for each one of us. What I have is for you. And what you have is for me. It's like we share what he has given us with everybody else. So it's not like a one-man show. That's what I call a one-man show. But there's something. i would just read a few more scriptures here. Um. In Romans chapter 8, verse 14, he talks about, like, when we, for as many who are laid by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God, these are the sons of God. So you are, if you're walking with God, that means you share the inheritance. There are things that you will be experiencing in life that shows that you also are a part. You have inherited just what Jesus has inherited today. You have victory. As he says in Romans, I mean, if we read a little bit ahead in verse 16 and 17, he said, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Now, if we are children, mark that, then we are heirs, heirs of God, and co-heirs with Christ. Indeed, we share in his suffering in order that we may also We may also share in his glory. We are moving up there. We are all getting up there. But we need to be very careful that we are not walking according to flesh, but according to the spirit. Because then we can be able to experience that inheritance. We can inherit the joy. We can inherit the peace, the love. And we can share in his glory because we are walking with him. We understand the principles of life. That we can live like that. The spirit gives life. Jesus said so. He said the words that I speak are life. They are life. They give life to you. As I speak. I believe some of you. Are getting life. In your mind. In your soul. You get encouraged. And I think if the spirit of God. Is speaking to you, you can feel it even in your spirit. You feel something a bit, you know, solid coming, hitting at you. Sometimes it makes you a bit uncomfortable because that's the spirit of God. You feel a bit uncomfortable because he, he gets right there where you really need him and perhaps if the enemy is trying to kind of dig into you at some point, that's where the spirit will come As we share the word. Because then the word is sharper than a two-edged sword. It pierces into your spirit and into your soul. It gets there. And it really gets your attention. And that's why it's like we need the spirit of God in our lives. Then we can actually understand the direction. Because then we can also get the conviction about things that we do that are not right. And we can repent of it but if you don't have the spirit of god if you are not being led sometimes even when he speaks you neglect you ignore but you ignore at your own disadvantage but if you surrender then he will be able to guide your life that at least you'll be conscious about sin you'll be conscious about how you behave with others you'll be conscious about what he's saying of how you can be a blessing to another person in within in marriage or just in the family or in the church or in business. It's like, how I live, what I do should be a blessing to you. And because of the Spirit of God, he gave, our father gave his son. And that was a big sacrifice. But then he has now sent us into the whole world. That means you into the whole world. You for everybody else out there. So that you can be a blessing. You can give your life to those people. And that's only done in the spirit. like when you walk according according to to God's principle. We're meant to be a blessing to that person. But not necessarily that the person should be a blessing to us. Because sometimes they won't. And if they won't, remember this. That Jesus died for us while we're still sinners. Not because we loved him. Actually, even today, even when we know that he died for us, Some of us don't even love him, don't even care. It's like it's not even a big deal. But yet, I think when we walk knowing that I'm meant to be a blessing to her and she has her own role to play, if she doesn't do it right, it's not my problem. And I mean, I shouldn't kind of withdraw, step back because she hasn't done her part. I will still do my part because I do it for his glory. And I think when we're walking in the spirit, we can fulfill that. It it makes it much easier for us to live a happier life. And actually, you're more happy by just doing what God told you to do about your other people. Loving them, caring about them, praying for them, encouraging them. And if you do that, then you're living more on God's side, a giving side. And I don't think it will be easy for the enemy to walk into into your yard and kind of disorganize you. But it will be a life of joy and a life of praise and worship, a life of commitment, and can never, you, know, you can never regret that. And I think that's where we get the life that keeps us going, that keeps us growing as well. So I, I just want to encourage you this morning that the life of the Spirit is when you ask God himself, Over and over again to be filled. Over and over and over and over. Being hungry, studying the word, and being hungry to know him more. I mean, there's nothing better. There's no better life anywhere. There's, you know, you can have everything you have. But if you don't have the Spirit of God in your life, because he's the only one who gives life, that's a fact. Things won't be all that very easy for you. But yet, when we purpose in our lives that we shall walk with the Lord and walk with Christ, walk in the Spirit, walk according to the principle, and be, givers, be a, a blessing to my spouse, to my husband, to my children, and do everything to my nation, to my community, to my church, in the times of hardship, how do you identify with the people who are struggling? Do you go in to support or you kind of withdraw? When somebody is not really doing very well, do you see yourself coming alongside and patting them on the back and encouraging them on and seeing them on, it's like, hey, you can make it. Because that's the way we're supposed to be kind of flowing with the rivers. Because it said, if you believe the rivers, you know, There will be rivers of life. Not just one, but there will be rivers. You'll be bubbling with life. And I think it will just make such a difference that wherever you go, you'll plant a seed of life, a seed of hope, a seed of love. And people will experience it. They will know it. They will know it. I mean, they may deny it, but, you know, but because I know once you live in the spirit, you can't di- deny the fact that it will change your life. Because if he's a life-giving spirit, then it means at any point, when you really long for him, not just once in a week, but every single day, you practice that. Every single day, you long for that. So that it becomes part of you. He becomes the life in you to be able to reckon all the time. So I thank God that um, he's, what has made us to connect with you? It's because of the love of Christ. It's not about what we do for each other. But I think we are a family. And that, that's so priceless. We, we, we would value more the relationship. The relationship we have is more more beautiful to me. And I think that's who we are. That you are a blessing to me. And I'm meant to be. A blessing to you. It is I remember going to one of the, the, the churches and um I walked through and for some reason I was the guest speaker at the time and um and somebody said, Oh, uh you are guest speaker. I said yes. I said, Okay. And he said, Well, we have a check for you. I mean that's that's nice to say that. And I know that was probably part of the hospitality, but It just didn't sound right to me at that time. And I say, No, don't do that. And I think uh, what I was meant to be was to be a blessing at that time and not necessarily to act like it was an exchange. You know, I give and then you give to me. No, that wasn't necessarily what it but you know what? It was something quite unusual to me too. Because like why I just couldn't feel that comfort of taking the check from, you know. That was somewhere in this country I think but I don't remember exactly so anyway so I I encourage you study your word and ask him every day that he will fill you every day every day and worship him every day and live that life that will bring a difference in your life it will you will never be the same again the church needs that Much as individual persons need. Can you just bow down a little bit and. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you, Lord. We are your children, and we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. You promised, Father, that you'll give him to us, and he'll teach us everything, as it was written in John 14. You promised that he will teach us and guide us in all things, and even bring to remembrance all things. Father, I'm asking you today that each one of us, Father, will receive that touch. That we shall live conscious of his presence will desire to have him in our lives every single day you said, those who are led by the spirit are the true sons of god and i'm praying that father each one of us so father will dig in will desire to live and to have that relationship with the holy spirit that we shall never lock him out of our lives and never neglect him but acknowledge him as a person of your presence in our lives. How priceless, how beautiful, how wonderful can that be? That we can have you in our lives in the person of the Holy Spirit. I'm praying, Father, that that today, Lord, you remind each one of us of how important it is that we shall be able to walk with you every day in our families in the church in our businesses in our communities and even in this nation that we shall all know that you've only come and we are your vessels and we are your temple may you settle in your place And move amongst us, Lord. That we shall affect the lives of others. That the flesh and its selfish desires will not take the upper hand in our lives. But the spirit that gives. The spirit that blesses. The spirit that reaches out to other people. The spirit that desires to understand how can I be a blessing. Father, May the flesh be undermined in your presence as we live to honor you. And I thank you for this church and I thank you for the families in this church, Lord. I pray, Father, a blessing upon them and on their families and their children and grandchildren. That, Father, they, they will bubble with that flow of rivers of the Spirit of God to touch their neighbors, to touch their communities, that life will be revived in us every day because you're a good God. You're such a good God, Lord. You're a good God. And there's none like you, Jesus. Spirit of God, be our friend. Be our friend every day and help us to connect with you so we don't live in despair, that the flesh does not ruin us, but the spirit to bring us to the place of our destiny. We thank you in Jesus' name.